Welcome back to Chin Music, our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. I'm Jim Suhan, joined today by Roy Smalley, star of the show, former Twins All-Star, current Twins broadcaster, uh, great baseball analyst. Brandon Morton's our producer. We appreciate you listening. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. You can go to TalkNorth.com. You'll see we have the best sports lineup in town, plus outdoor content, variety content. Again, if you like the show, Please subscribe to it and keep checking back to TalkNorth.com as we add shows, including we just added Dawn Mitchell's show, The Dawn of Sports. She's had an incredible list of uh, guests already as we've gotten that rolling. Uh, thanks to Brandon Morton, our producer. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services and All Energy Solar. Uh, Roy, I wanted to get to the Winfield talk and some news last week, so I really didn't hit you with something that uh, kind of affects both of us, you more than me. Uh, Dick Bremer's retirement. Uh, he is retiring from the broadcast booth. He's moving into the Twins front office. Um, kind of sad to see him leave the the broadcast booth. I'm happy that he's going out on his own terms and he's going to stay in the organization that he loves. Yeah, I mean he's he's a fixture within the Twins organization. You know, no no question about it. it it's it's sad that he is uh, no longer going to be in there. I mean, 40 years. Uh, he, he was, you know, uh, the voice of the twins as much as, uh, you know, anybody ever has uh, been. And, and, um, so yeah, I mean, the end of a, end of a real, uh, end of an era in a, in a, you know, ma- major way, but, um, you know, he's still going to be, you know, with the twins doing, uh, you know, emceeing important events and, and, and different things he'll be, he'll be around. But, um, you know, I think there's a lot of, I, one thing that we're going to be watching uh, is uh, how the broadcast media for Twins, you know, shakes out because it's, there's an awful lot of uncertainty, you know, going on. And I, and I imagine, um, you know, a lot a lot more broadcast related news uh, um, in terms of, you know, who's going to who's who's going to who's going to broadcast the games, how they're going to get that done, who, you know, who's who's going to be involved. So I think there's a, I think there's a, a lot to come. Yeah. I think it's going to be a fascinating and hopefully not fascinating in a bad way. Hopefully there's some good developments, but man, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little scary business to be in right now. And uh, we don't really don't know what's going to happen next. Um, well, anyway, uh, good luck to Dick. It'll be great. It's great that we're still going to see him at the ballpark. Uh, that's, that's my big takeaway from this, but you're right. We are in very uncertain uh, territory and, that uncertainty is going to affect the Twins' payroll. It just is. Falvey's already admitted it, and uh, I think that makes the offseason for the Twins even clearer. I don't think they're going to go after any name free agents, any big money free agents, and I think that dictates trading one, two, three, four position players, whether they're big leaguers on the cusp of big leaguers or prospects, for a pitcher. I think they think they want one more frontline pitcher, and that's the only way they're going to get it. I think you're absolutely right. I they I don't think they can they can afford not to, you know, not to try and get one. And they have, you know, there are there there are two major kinds of assets that a ball club has in order to improve itself. One is one is millions of dollars, uh, but the other one is uh, a surplus if you will, of, of talent and, and um, both at the big league level and, you know, in, in uh, the minor leagues, the, uh, 
uh, Falvey Levine regime, and we've talked about this before, but they've done a great job of building up the uh, the the human uh, asset of that you know of that on uh, that, that, that equation, and and so there are. It's not that they won't have people now to uh, re- real real players to um, try to get a real pitcher uh, in return if that's what they decide to do. Now it's going to be. Uh, let, let's make the right decision. <laughs> How are you going to make the right decision? Can you make the right decision about who stays and and who you let go? Because you know it's not they're not going to let go of money, so they're going to have to let go of some players and you know in order to keep improving the team. And fortunately, they they've done a great job of stockpiling um, not only bodies but uh, you know good young players, potential you know good big league players. And uh, so they're in, at least they're in that situation, which, you know, they were not in that situation before uh, uh, Derek and, and Thad came in. Correct. Uh, so Otani uh, is the kind of king of baseball right now. And it sounds like he's going to sign for a lot of money. It sounds like the Cubs are big players and are going to be big players in, in, in a lot of big names this winter. Um, and I wanted to ask you as somebody who played, who made a nice living, but didn't, you know, didn't make $40 million <laughs> a year. I mean, we become accustomed to the dollar figures and you get to a point where you look at, you know, 20, 30 million, $40 million a year, 200, 300, $400 million uh, over the course of a, of a contract. And you compare, you know, you compare it to the market and you say, okay, that's about right. Do you ever stop and go, oh my God, they are paying people you know, $50 million a year, they're paying non-stars $20, $30 million a year. Does it ever just shock you? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it I don't, I don't dwell on it a, a, right. a bunch. <laughs> um, uh, other than to, uh, you know, it, back, you know, when this started 20 years ago uh, and, and it just, I mean, even then I was, I was chastising my parents. I, you know, couldn't you have waited ten years? I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's. But here's the uh, here's the uh, leveler uh, for me. Um, I came in in an era where uh, Koufax and and uh, Drysdale held out to get uh, together to get a hundred thousand uh, dollars a year. Uh, Harmon, you know, Killebrew, you know, I think he got to a hundred thousand at, at, you know, at the, at the height of, of his career. So, you know, when, you know, when, uh, the rest of us uh, came along and made, you know, anywhere from four times Harmon to, you know, in, um, Winfield's case, the first $2 million a year player, you know, I, I'm sure you could, you know, you should. You, you asked the same question to Harmon, you know, what yeah. do you think of you, you know, you made a hundred thousand and Winfield's making 2 million. Um, and so it, it, it's a, you just have to take, you know, perspective uh, on it. I mean, it would have been nice. People ask me all the time, what, you know, how much would you have made after the, you know, it, when I signed with Calvin Griffith, the four year deal. And then I, and I did a big extension with George Steinbrenner and, and they say, how much would you have made? I so I, I really don't know what the, what the front number would have been, but I know the back number was an was an extra zero, you know, and it's just yeah, yeah, and uh, so you know, I mean, that's just the good news is 
obviously the game is in really good shape. Uh, so, I mean, these kind of numbers uh, being able to be paid by, uh, you know, by, uh, you know, smart business people. Uh, it's not like there isn't an awful lot of money there. So, you know, in, in the industry. Uh, so that's the good news. Yes. And I'm never offended because these are players making their money from billionaire owners and billion dollar, uh, broadcast revenues. And, you know, and I think some fans get upset because they, they look at the salary and say, okay, that's why I'm paying such a high ticket price. First of all, I think the twins, you know, are among the best in professional sports at making sure there are affordable ways to get in the ballpark. If you want to get in the ballpark, there's really not an impediment. You got to pay a lot to sit in the, the fancy seats and be in the champions club and all that, but you can get in the ballpark for a very small price. Uh, the other thing is, you know, to me, it's economics 101 that teams charge the optimal price to make a profit. They don't jack up the prices to pay the salaries. Oh, that's true. I mean, they, they're, they, no team is, um, is uh, going to say, okay, we just signed this guy. Ticket prices are got, have to be, have to double, you know I mean? They, they, they don't do that. They're, they're, uh, what the market will bear, um, just like any, any other business. And, and so, uh, uh, and you're right about the broadcast rights. I, I believe that I'm right about this, these statistics, but when Texas, the Texas Rangers, way back when signed uh, Alex Rodriguez to mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, to a, whatever that was. Um, 10 years, 250, if I remember. 250 correctly. million, right. And then I think I'm right that, uh, that I uh, heard that uh, they immediately went, uh, went down the street to their broadcast partner and said, guess what? You're going to pay us 250 million now uh, over the course of it. You know, I mean, it, it, and so it is the, it is, you know, revenue from uh, broadcast rights. Number one, there's huge, uh, there's huge revenue in MLB marketing on behalf of all the teams. So um, that's that's where it is. Yes, no doubt about it. And by the way, I was reminded of Wayne Garland because I grew up an Orioles fan. Wayne Garland signed a ten-year deal with Cleveland at the beginning of free agency. 10-year deal for a, a talented pitcher, total sum outlay, $2.3 million, and he was ripped on for being way overpaid. And and he didn't really perform well for Cleveland, so you could make that argument at the time. 10 years, $2.3 million was considered ridiculous money. And uh, there's an old Wayne Garland quote, my father-in-law said I wasn't worth that much, and he was right. <laughs> 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 well, you I mean there's all kinds of great examples of you know where uh, the game has gone in in terms of uh, revenue and salaries. I mean, uh, at the advent of free agency in in '77, um, Pete Rose uh, went from the, he signed with the Phillies and uh, for eight hundred thousand a year. I mean, yep. this is Pete Rose, the major league uh, all time leader in hits, and you know he he was making eight hundred thousand. And I, his great quote was. You know, people were ripping on him about, you know, how much money. Holy cow! Who you know who, who should be worth that? Uh, he really held up the, you know, the Phillies. And he said, you know, I I did not go into any negotiation with a shotgun and said, here's my yep. price. <laughs> I, I I went around and visited uh, teams and and uh, the ante kept going up. And I finally decided, you know, I um, 
I, I want to, I want to play for the Phillies uh, for this, for this price. So that's, that's the way it works. Yep. Hey, we're joined by Lavelle Neal, a columnist for the Star Tribune right now. We've been talking about Dick Bremer and money in baseball. I want to hit you with something a little more current. Uh, and, and Roy, chime in on this as well. We were talking earlier that it's pretty obvious that the Twins' path to putting together this roster is going to be trading some position players, whether big league or on the cusp or, or minor league prospects, for a frontline starting pitcher. Last year, we didn't know they were going to trade Louis Arise for Pablo Lopez, but we had a pretty good sense that the Marlins were going to deal pitching. Is there a team out there this year, maybe a, a lower budget team that might be willing to trade, you know, a a young, a fairly young frontline pitcher? Is there a team out there that matches what the Marlins were last year? Uh, how about the Marlins? I mean, they, <laughs> they, they keep, they keep turning on young pitching prospects. Um, you know, the reason they were able to trade, uh, Lopez is because of, um, they had, uh, they had, they felt, they felt they had the depth to do that. Now, uh, Alcantara, I think is injured. So he's gonna miss some time next year, but the former go for Max Meyer comes back and steps into that rotation. And I believe that they have a couple of other really promising guys, uh, uh, along the way here. Uh, they're close to being in the majors. I haven't heard of a, another team that has a good setup in terms of um, um, starting pitching prospects uh, other than the Marlins. Um, and it also depends on need, too. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what the Twins do with, with Cal Farmer um, because if they – they could probably dangle him um, to a team and to get a decent pitcher because – the free agent market for shortstop stinks. It's like Tim Anderson and a couple other guys, and it's it's uh, it's not pretty after that. And so um, I would look for a team that could use a shortstop because I think Farmer, well, most teams still think he's a shortstop. Some think maybe he's more suited for second and third, but he's going to be a decent option um, for the Twins to have a $7 million player come off the bench for them in the utility role. It's a little expensive for what they're trying to achieve next year. So I think that would be uh, the chip and find a team that uh, is looking for for shortstop help to see if you can swing a deal with them. Yeah, and, and I think that's a really good, really good point. Um, you know, I, I'm a Cal Farmer fan. I love having him on this on this club. But seven million bucks, um, you know, for a uh, uh, for a part time player is, uh, you know, that that's going to give them them pause. And I think that's a really really good point i still go back to the uh <clears throat> glut of left-handed hitters they they have uh at first base and the two corner uh, outfield uh positions you know so they've got um and this is this is when we don't know for sure you know we never know we have not known whether byron buxton is going to play 120 games um you know next year or ever and uh so, you know, if they almost have to keep Michael A. Taylor and then he's going to be flanked by left-hand hitters and there's going to be a left-hand hitter as the DH and a left-hand hitter at first base, you know, a lot, a lot of the time. And, and it worked okay uh, for the twins this year because uh, Farmer and Solano were able to either spell a left-hand hitter against a, against a left-handed pitcher. Uh, or come off the bench. We saw that down the stretch and into the into the playoffs. Rock, uh, Rocco was quick to go. They, they brought in a left-handed uh, 
uh, pitcher to pitch to a, a string of left-hand hitters in the lineup, he went right to the bench. He went right to the right-hand hitters. And, and uh, so I, I think that that's going to be an area where um, there's going to be some, some kids moving up potentially from the minor leagues that can hit right-handed and uh, one or more of the left-hand hitting outfielders uh, dangled as, as part of, as a, as a deal or part of a deal. Good stuff. Let's get to Brooks Lee and Austin Martin, how they might factor into all of this. First, we want to let you know we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services. Football, eating chili, and cool, crisp air. you got to love fall, and it gets better. Aquarius has extended their Kinetico fall blowout sale to November 18th. That means 25% off the world's most efficient water treatment system. Enjoy spotless dishes, shiny fixtures, and purified drinking water. As your independent authorized Kinetico dealer, Aquarius is here to make your water worries go away. Enjoy 25% off and schedule your free water analysis today at KineticoMN.com. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. Thanks also to All Energy Solar, allenergysolar.com. All Energy Solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All Energy Solar is ready to take any solar project from design to installation and everything in between. Find out more about going solar, home, office, or both at allenergysolar.com slash coach or just go to allenergysolar.com and check out everything you need to know about solar energy in the modern age. I also want to thank Grain Belt, uh, the great local beer company, for sponsoring our live downtown shows. We enjoy them and uh, we appreciate Grain Belt's support. Okay, so Brooks Lee, Austin Martin, are they future twins or are they future trade bait? And let's start with Lavelle on this one. Ooh, ooh, that's a good topic. That's a really good topic, um, especially if you look how the team's constructed. And it's going to be—I mean, Parvik goes into what they think of uh, Parvik goes into what they think of Polanco in terms of a a fit for next year. Does Polanco become trade bait? Um, then you can see a, a, a scenario there, um, and and Kirilov, well, because they they got so many pieces to move around there, and but Lee's got so much potential. He, I mean. His upside is still immense. Um, that um, he he could be the guy that could draw a lot of interest from t- from teams. A guy who is a shortstop and can move over to the third switch hitter. Uh, it's got got a lot of things going on. But you look at the Twins. I mean, uh, Lewis looks like he could be the third baseman for the next ten years. You got Julian at second, or maybe he's better suited at first. Um, and then you do something with Kirilov. Uh, Correa is not going anywhere, so I mean that's a that's a hell of a question, Jim. I I want to say yes for this year because I think they're going to need uh, Lee to uh, contribute just because of numbers and what they may may do. But oh, man, he he's a that's a name that's a player who could get other teams really interested in terms of making a deal that involves a quality starting pitcher. And Martin, I definitely think he's going to contribute to the Twins uh, this year. Um, mainly because um, the plan B if Buxton can't play center field isn't isn't uh, a Michael A. Taylor level replacement. And um, it, they talked real strongly late in the season about Martin's a really good defensive center fielder. All of a sudden, that rhetoric start coming out. So um, I think they had no problems mixing Martin in uh, as a backup outfielder. Uh, or a spot starter if, if uh, Buxton can't play center. So I'd say definitely Martin is going to contribute this year. Lee as well, but Lee would be the guy that 
uh, that may tempt other teams to trade someone really talented to them. Yeah, I agree. I think he's the best, uh, best prospect that they have. And it's just going to be a question of, you know, where he plays in the, in the, on the field, in the, in the big leagues, <clears throat> excuse me. I, um, personally, I'd hate to, I'd hate to see him go. Um, I, I, I I'd like to see him, uh, play, the, you know, take that talent, uh, to the, to the twins lineup and, and, yep. uh, and see where that goes because, uh, you're right, Lavelle, that, I mean, a switch hitting, uh, a, a switch hitter, that's a, a a good hitter and hits for power and can play shortstop. So that means he can play anywhere else. Um, I, I just think, I, I think what happens is um, if they, they may just, they may just decide that it's going to be uh, Julian at first and they're going to, and, and, and trade Polanco um, uh, or they're going to, they're going to have to listen to, uh, you know, offers for, for Brooks Lee. And I would, it's, you know, for me, you know, we thought that, you know, how do you, how do you trade a, uh, a guy that has won a batting title and then you trade him and you won another one. Uh, but they, they got exactly what they needed. Uh, if they, it, it, trading Brooks Lee would have to be a Pablo Lopez caliber or higher in my view. I mean, I, I think he's way more important potentially to the team than Luis Arise was. So I think that's that kind of that kind of gives you an idea, in, at least in my mind, gives me an idea. The idea that it's got to be a it's got to be a big time a big time starter. Yeah, and I think the way the Twins are looking at it right now is you know the way my conversations with Falvey and Baldelli this offseason, I mean they they just they talk about winning the World Series and they they think that this team was close. And what, where did they fail? Yeah, Sonny Gray had a bad game three. Uh, that was a big part of the postseason failure. But they also didn't take very good at bats the last couple of games of the postseason. Right. And Polanco is one of their better at bat takers. Brooks Lee is probably going to be one of their better at bat takers once he's ready. Um, I would kind of hate to see either go right now. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't want them to to lose uh, Polanco. I really don't. I, uh, he's had. He's had a couple of, for him, down years, the two years ago because of uh, injuries for the most part, and then he got hot down the stretch, and then and then last year injuries again, and he never really got it rolling like Polanco can get it rolling. And um, he's uh, he's plenty good enough at second base uh, for for his, the, his ability to take quality at bats and, and drive in big runs. So that's a real, I mean, he's another one that they'd have, they're they going to have to think long and hard about uh, you know, we know what we have in, in terms of, you know, toughness in the batter's box from, from Polanco. We think that Brooks Lee is that, uh, don't, you know, but it, just like every year, you know, somebody with a lot of talent comes up and, and they've got to prove they can do it in the big leagues. And, and so it's, uh, it, it's, it, it's what we're talking about. I mean, the, 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 uh, glut of players around the field, you know, Julian, Polanco, Brooks Lee, um, and not to mention Kirilov. And then, uh, you know, the left-hand hitting outfielders, Kepler and Larnick, um, and, um, help me out, remind me of, uh, the other left-hand Walner. and, uh, and Walner and, um, and, and uncertain center field situation. So, you know, it, it's, they, they, as I get back to, 
they've just got to make they've got to make the decisions they make have to have to turn out because it's a, it's I, I really think it's it's substantive and significant. They're they're the significant uh, point in the in the in the crossroads here. Which way they're, which road they're going to go? You know the thing too about Orhe is that uh, when they needed him to move from shortstop to second, he had no problems with that. When he last year when they needed him to play a few games at third, he had no problems with that. I think he's been willing to do whatever uh, benefits the team. And Polanco could be the guy who could play four or five times a week and play two, three different positions. So I I wouldn't have any problems handing him a third first base glove and seeing if he can, you know, be have some value there. He could be what Rocco, you know, likes to have on his bench that one of those everyday multi multi-positional players. Um, they keep that switch hitting in the in the lineup. So that's why um I think a lot of people there's stuff out there about the twins ready to deal Polanco. And I'm like, hey, I I kind of wish they don't do that. I mean, I, I trade Kepler before I trade Polanco. If you're looking at the two guys whose options they picked up, yeah, I agree with that. Um, and but it, you know, my my guess is they're probably going to do a, the Chinese menu kind of trade. My guess they'll probably trade one of their big leaguers, one of their prospect, one of their top prospects, and one of their lower level prospects to get a dynamic pitcher. As Roy said, they just got to choose right because. As much as Lee is might be their best trade chip, he's their best trade chip for a really good reason, and that is he is young, he's really talented, he's projects to be a very good major league player, and he's going to be cheap for a while. And man, if you're dealing with the Bally Sports thing and lower revenues, you better have you you better have good young position players who don't cost much. I do. I I got to tell you, I I know I'm biased, but I I just think a you know, a switch hitting infielder. Uh, yep. That with that kind of offensive uh, potential, and, and who's obviously going to be a good defensive player wherever you know wherever he plays, um, I I just I just don't see how you move him. <laughs> no, because you know Lavelle, you know we're both making the same point about Polanco. But I mean, with and especially with the you know the left-handed hitters that they've they've got or every everywhere else. Having another switch hitter with power and and uh, and quality at bats in the lineup is is really really important. You know, hitting in and around, you know, guys that hit one way. And um, I, I I'd really hate to give up uh, you know give up a really good switch hitter. They don't they don't come around that often. With, with years in control. Yep. Yep. No doubt. Hey, by the way, new show at the network, Don Mitchell, Dawn of Sports. One of our first guests was Jim Cott. We've had a great run of guests uh, over the course of the last month or two. Check out that. Again, if you like any show at TalkNorth.com, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Last topic for today, Ron Washington is a manager. He is managing the uh, Anaheim or California or uh, Disney Angels, whatever they're called these days. Uh, I'm guessing each of you has a thought about Ron Washington. Let's start with Roy. <laughs> you know, I, I talked with lots of people over the course of this past season, and the gist of it was, Wash has got to be a manager. Baseball yep. needs Ron Washington to be a manager somewhere. I mean, it's just it's been. It was wrong that he was uh, let go before, and it's been wrong that he didn't have a uh, another job right away. And um, you know, I feel bad. He's gonna he, he he's gonna lose the best he he had for a second. He had the uh, uh, the best player in the game, uh, and he's no he's not gonna have Otani. But but he will turn things around. I'm just telling you, he is he is a delight. 
He's a good baseball man. And just generally speaking, baseball needs Ron Washington in a manager spot somewhere. So good for, good for him and good for us. I just remember when he was uh, managing the Rangers and his mannerisms during games are just precious. Um, when he thinks there's an, uh, uh, an exciting play is about to happen, he's gyrating, you know, on, on the bench and getting ready to do a dance when the runs are, you know, crossing the plate. So, um, you, you're you're going to see him uh, wear his emotions on his on his sleeve, and then just entertain. You don't go, you don't go to games to watch the manager, but uh, he does add a little layer of entertainment value with him. Uh, I had a chance to spend some time with him uh, years ago. Uh, I was in Kansas City for an event at the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, and uh, Washington was there getting honored for something. And I remember riding in a van uh, headed to the museum, and uh, we were talking. It was right after. I think it was a year after uh, Target Field opened. And if you guys remember, they had that old-timers game uh, at Target Field. And and Wash came to play, and I think he pulled a, he pulled a cap muscle. No, he blew, out, he blew out a hammy. Yep. First phase. Oh, man, does his, did, his, did his players love that? But they were on him. That was he wonderful. Was, he was so mad because I mean, we're in the van. He's going, he's going hey, man, hey, man. I didn't come just to show up. I came to show <laughs> off. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, Wash, well, I got you, man. And there so, are so many. There are so many great quotes from from Wash. He was a uh, he, every day. It was something. But you, my my favorite one. He used to say it all the time. This was this was his go to. In any you know any big situation or any time, you know the club needed to, uh, to get going or he did or whatever it was. Well, I should say, uh, you, you you do or you don't, you will or you won't. Well, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my favorite baseball memories from being on the beat, I ended up in a conversation, me, Puckett, and Ron Washington, oh corner of a God. dugout back when oh uh, Wash God. was a coach, I, I think with oh Oakland. No. Uh, and and the I mean, I just sat there, you know, of course I had nothing to contribute. So I just sat there and listened. It was just glad they'd let me listen in. And it was, it was spectacular. I can't repeat any of it, but it was spectacular. Even if you had had something to contribute, there was no room. For no that. room. You couldn't get in. There, there was no way you could get in. <laughs> no, the press pass was not going to work in that conversation. Uh, that was oh, one of the greatest no, conversations I've ever heard. It, it, All right. There was nobody else that was going to get in that conversation. No, there, just was, there was there was no room. And if we and as the winter goes on, if you guys ever want to drop a random Ron Washington quote into the show, just fire away. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, good stuff. Uh, appreciate the work, guys. Thanks to Brandon. Thanks to everyone who listens to TalkNorth.com. We all appreciate it. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you soon.